We're continuing our theme this morning. I might as well just get into preaching and I'll welcome people as I go. It's great to see he's gone, Mike Maloda. He was here, first time he's been in church that I've seen. So has he gone? He's left the building. Oh, tell, him to, tell him to listen to the podcast. Also, Pauline's mum and dad are here, Trevor and Valme. Let's say hi to them. Um, Trevor, Trevor was on staff here at one point in time. Uh, a long, long time ago. It was also Simon from Adelaide, uh, from Edge Church, where our old home base. So welcome to you, Simon. <laughs> Who else can we see? So if I haven't seen you and you're here and you're visiting with us, great to have you with us today and hope that God really does something in your life this morning. So our theme this year is fruitful. And, uh, and, and I'm really excited because we've already um, got the theme for next year, which is Supernatural. And on that, I want to encourage you to get on board with our prayer and fasting in January, uh, January the 8th to the 11th, I believe. We're going to be praying and fasting for God to do the supernatural, for breakthroughs that can't happen in the ordinary. And, you know, if you're going to be a Christian, you might as well live outside of the ordinary, live in the supernatural. That's what God, that's what the whole born again experience is about, is taking you out of the natural realm and seeing and living in a supernatural realm. That's what... I want to be part of that's um, prayer, praying and fasting um, is a launch pad out of your natural into a supernatural experience. So um, get on board with that. The church is open during those days um, each day, and also we're going to have prayer meetings at night, uh, one-hour prayer meetings. Um, that's not to say oh we, we're just going to keep it all nice and comfortable for everybody, but uh, that's just so that we know when the most amount of people can be together at the one time. Every single evening, we're going to pray together for God to do uh, what we want to see him do. So I'm excited about that, so I hope you are too. Um, Turn in your Bibles if you have them. It's going to pop up on the screens. Genesis chapter 41, verses 51 to 52. And the title of my message today is Fruitful in Grief. And sometimes we might think those two things don't go together. But I want to tell you this morning that we can be fruitful in our grief. So we're going to look at some things this morning. Joseph, so we all, hopefully you're familiar with the story of Joseph, perhaps you're not, but maybe as you listen today, things might um, become apparent. Now, if you're like me and you don't know too much about the Bible, um, I always think the only Joseph was Jesus's father, his earthly father. But when we talk about Joseph, there was another Joseph in the Bible, and that's the one we're talking to. It says, Joseph named his older son Manasseh, for he said, God has made me forget all my troubles and, and everyone in my father's family. Joseph named his second son Ephraim, for he said, God has made me fruitful in this land of my grief. So it's so good that God put those words in the Bible so many years ago so that it would fit in perfectly with our fruitful series this year. So amazing. So our subject today is being fruitful in our grief. So the question I I ask is whether this is at all possible. How on earth can we be fruitful in grief? How How can we have blessing when we're grieving? Now, I'll tell you something. I know that when we dig into God's word and live according to his, his pattern for our lives, we can actually be bearing fruit even while we're grieving. So what Joseph discovered is it is possible to be fruitful in the Lord in the land of grieving. So 
grief. It's most commonly used uh, to describe sorrow when, when there's a death. That would be, you know, we, we would kind of put those two together, grieving and death, but it's not the, the sole time that we might experience grieving. As much as we would love to live in a world with no grief, it, it, it's, it is around us everywhere. Um, and everyone, now get, get yourselves ready for this, everyone gets a turn. You know, you might think, well, I, I just want to live happy. I just want to avoid all, all, the, all the sad times. I just want to sail through life and, and never, have, never have this thing called grief. I'll tell you something today. If you haven't experienced yet, you will get a turn. Amen. You all get a turn on the merry-go-round of grief. Even though you don't want to hop on, it, it pushes you on. So there are many ways that grief enters our life. Um, as, as people of God, it will be good if we were aware of grief and how to handle it. Because we ought to be able to handle our, our griefs, our disappointments, our losses in a way that honours God still. So I, I, you know, our vision statement is to be a church of mature believers and, and we need to uh, develop ourselves and grow ourselves to be mature so that when we're dealing with issues like grief, we do that in a way that still honours God. So as, um, grief is a, is a God-given mechanism. That should be popping up in a sec. I've got, I've got it on the screens. Grief is a God-given mechanism that marks a separation from the way things were to the way things are now. Let that sink in, that little statement. The Bible says a lot about grief. If you read through your Bible, you'll find that there's story after story, illustration after illustration of people dealing with grief. People dealing with death, people feeling, are dealing with disappointments, people feeling with obstacles to life that, that cause them to have sorrow, grief, grieving. I'm going to give you five common griefs. Now, I didn't find them, I didn't look up, I didn't Google this. So they're just things that, because I'm a person, I'm, I'm a human. I know, I know what affects me and usually the same things affect me affect most other people, probably. So I just thought of five common areas that would, would be grievous to me. So number one, grief from death. In Genesis 50 verse 1, um, there's a story of jo uh, this same Joseph. It says when his father was called Jacob, we're going to look at those two people later on at, at the end, but it says that Joseph wept when his father Jacob died. But there's many, many stories of, of death in the Bible where we see that the people wept over someone who died. So that's a, a major place in life when we grieve is at the point of death. Hopefully someone else's death, not your own. The second point, it's grief from losing something you love. Death of a dream. Death of a lifestyle sometimes. So sometimes we might, we might be thinking, I really love this or that, uh, 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 something that you love to do, and life circumstances can change, and you, have, you, you lose the ability to do that, and so you have a grief from losing something you love. Genesis 37 verse 33 says, Jacob mourned for his son Joseph when, at the time when he thought he was killed, when, his, when uh, Joseph's brothers sold him as a slave, and they, they told the dad, Jacob, 
well, your son's been killed by a wild animal. And, and it says that he grieved for that loss um, because he thought his son was dead. But the truth was he wasn't. We're gonna see, these two guys come up a lot in today's message. Uh, 1 Samuel 30 verse 6, um, it talks about the time when David's, David's camp, before David became a king, he had a group of warriors around him. They were going out to, to raid other people. And at the same time, they were raiding somewhere else. Someone was raiding them. And they come home and their, their, their town is burnt to the ground. Everybody's been taken captive. All their, all their goods are gone and stolen. And uh, it says that uh, in, the new, in the King James Version, it says this, people spake in the old language. They spake of stoning him, that is David, because their soul was grieved. Because all their possessions were gone and their families were gone. It says that their soul was grieved. So they were grieving at, the, at losing something that they loved, their families and their belongings. The third thing, uh, grief from losing a friendship. 1 Samuel 20 verse 41, David and Jonathan, they were in tears as they uh, said goodbye and what began in their life as a, a great friendship ended in pain. Um, it ended with Jonathan choosing a political advantage in his life rather than his friendship with David. And it ended in tears with a separation, with, with a grief from losing a friendship. Um, the fourth one, the grief from betrayal. Genesis 37 verses 18 to 28. Um, the story where Joseph is betrayed by his brothers. And he's sold to foreigners. How would you like that? Your brothers sell you like a sheep. Yep, give us the money, you can have our brother. And it, it says in Genesis 42 verse 21, that there's a description. It says that he was in such anguish and he pleaded for his life when he was sold. And uh, so th there's, there's in, in Joseph's scene here, he had a grief, uh, a deep grief from his betrayal from his own brothers to sell him off to foreigners. Um, and the fifth one, grief from separation. Separation from those you love. In Acts chapter 20, verse 37 and 38, when Paul left Ephesus, the Apostle Paul, it says they all cried because they knew they would never see him again. And, I mean, you go to the airport, you see Italian mamas and all that. They're, they're, they're like, oh, Grandma, I'll never see you for two months. And they're crying, they're grieving. But this is, this is different. It's like they knew they would never see Paul ever again and there was a closure and a grieving going on because they knew that they wouldn't see each other again. That's a grief from separation. But the point is that we can expect times in life where we will grieve. I'll say that again. We can expect times in life where we will grieve. So today's message and coming to Christ and being a Christian, going to church, doesn't say, hey, all your problems are going to suddenly go away and you'll never be sad ever again. Sorry, wrong answer. But what we do have to discover and recognize is how we can honor God in our grief, how we can be fruitful in our grief. So Ecclesiastes 3 verse 4. It says there is a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance. I think it's important as Christians to realize it's healthy to grieve. 
It's, it, it is healthy to grieve. But we need to also realize we don't want to live there forever. Living with a troubled mind, stuck at the point of our loss. I want to go slowly because this is really important factors we need to realize today. We don't want to live at that point of grief forever because it does result in a troubled mind and we'll be stuck at that point of loss unless we've learned how to let go, how to release, how to grieve and then move on. Grief can be used as a definition point in our life that can bring positive change. Sometimes a grief can say, well, I remember when this happened. I can remember when I felt that loss. And, and it's a, it, it can be a defining point in our life, but we don't want to be defined by that loss. We want to use that point to, to redirect ourselves and move forward. So grieving, I believe it is from God. It's the emotional response to letting go. And when we realize that, that God has made us emotional so that we can grieve things, so that we can emotionally deal with things, because we are emotional, uh, so that we can let go. And it hurts because some things we never want to let go of. That's why grieving so hard is because we're, we know we've got, we're letting go of something that we can't ever have back again. So Psalm 42 verse 4 says, my heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. And he's talking, the, the writer there in the Psalms is talking about worship. And oh, how often we remember how it used to be. All the songs aren't anointed anymore like they used to be. Oh, the, 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 the way church used to be and all those things. And, and, and the, the writer of the Psalms here is, is um, he's describing how things used to be and in a spiritual sense, in a, in a worship kind of a place. But this is about a person remembering the times of worship and celebration, the good old days in ministry. But one thing I'm sure of is that God is able to comfort and speak to us through the difficult seasons of grief. And I think we need to, we, we need to um, discover that we want to we grieve but we also want to move forward so we don't live in grief. In some cases, there, are, there can be ongoing trauma when a person is unable to grieve appropriately or unable to grieve at all. The Bible clearly demonstrates that grieving happens. We saw that already, that grieving happens. It happened in the Bible, it happens today. Now, I grew up in the Italian culture, I'm an Italian Melbourne, a Melbourne Italian, I should say. We don't know English very well. A Melbourne Italian. And one of the things in that, in that culture, I shared this this year as well, we have a lot of plastic fruit in everyone's houses. They have lots of plastic fruit on the tables. They have plastic on, on, on all the couches and have special rooms where no one can go into uh, because it's so special that they've never had anyone special enough visit to, to enter that room. But one of the other things is all the old ladies I knew, they only wore black from all, all the way back from, some, from when someone died in their family. Usually it was their husband, sometimes it was their, it was their mother. There she is. It was, it was considered an insult in that culture and disrespect, 
and, and disrespectful if they didn't wear black. And so they'd have a time in their life, that's a disclaimer, image, not actual Melbourne Italian, just off the internet, that's just a Google picture. But it was, it, it was a thing that they did when, when there was grief in their life, they would say, from now on, I'm never going to wear bright colours, I'm never going to wear anything else, I'm going uh, to wear black hat, black top, black dress, black shoes, black, black stockings, everything's going to be black. Black everything. It's, it's like grieving that never has an end. It's grieving that goes on and on and on. This is unhealthy grieving. That's an unhealthy style of grief because you've had, you've had a season of grief and then you thought, well, it was, it was hard, it was tough, it was bad. I wanted everyone to know that I was grieving. But then it's like, well, now I can never move on from that. And so when you talk to them, you talk to the old lady, they go, oh, my husband had died in 97 at four. Such a good man. But when they actually were alive, they would fight like mad every, every single day. A friend of mine, an Italian friend of mine, says his mum says to him often, oh, I just wish I could have your father back for one day. He goes, what, so you could torment him again for one more day? Get this. Grief doesn't have an expiry date. It doesn't have an expiry date. We think, well, you know, we want, we want to think, well, when's this going to end? When's the expiry date for my grief? It doesn't have one. And, and the other thing, it shouldn't define the rest of your life. It's a definition point, but it's not a definition of you. So when grieving, it can be hard to see beyond that point. Let's make no, no mistake about that. When we're grieving, it can be hard to see beyond that point. Whatever the loss, be reminded that there will be better days, and I call that hope. There's three things that remain, it says in the New Testament, faith, hope, and love, and hope is really, really powerful. We don't often talk about it because hope actually means that we're believing for better things to come, and in our case, we're believing for better things to come from God. So when we, why we need to know that hope is important, and that's one of the things that remains forever, is because hope is, there's always going to be better things from God to come in eternity. So you might think, I just want to get to heaven, I want to get to eternity, it's going to be so good. But when you get there, it's going to, there's going to be hope still. That means that no matter how good it is, when we get there, it's going to keep getting better. And then it's going to get better. And then it's going to get better. It's going to get more amazing. It's going to get more wonder. It's going to get more, more, more supernatural. I got distracted. Psalm 126, verse 6. It says, Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. See, grief is an intensely personal thing. It's different for everyone. Grieving in the right way, recognize that life won't ever be the same. And that's why we grieve, because we know that we've lost something that we, that we didn't want to change, but life's not going to be the same. But we can, and should, sorry, we can and should look ahead to a new chapter. Being fruitful in the land of grief is a reality we can live. Now, grief turns the page 
but it doesn't close the book. And something you need to know about grief is you can go back and turn the page back anytime you like. And sometimes that's, that's part of a healthy grieving. So I know, I know for me, I think, well, that, you know, we, we're all wanting to live in this life where we go, oh, close the book, turn it, push it away, lock it in a cupboard somewhere and walk away and we don't ever go back there again. That's part of unhealthy grieving. So what grieving helps you do is turn the page to another page, to a new page, but you know, some days you think, you know what, I just want to go back again. Because grieving doesn't have an expiry date, despite what we think. So we, we shouldn't go around telling people, you know, it's time to get over it now. You should just forget about it, move on. It doesn't have an expiry date. And, and everyone is going to have a different way of dealing with their grief. But what is true is we need to deal with the grief but still keep walking in the things of God. We don't want to be people who are, who are wearing the, the black clothes of a ministry that, that we're grieving over. We don't want to wear the black clothes of, of, of the, the, the thing we didn't get or the, or the, the relationship that broke down. And we're, we're going around in a spiritual sense, wearing black, depressed, um, talk, revisiting those things all the time. Oh, if only you knew uh, how, how good it was. And we're grieving loss of things and we don't know how to get the black clothes off. But we need to. Again, we'll go to Psalm 30 verse 11. It says, You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. Clothed with joy. Not clothed in darkness. God has a purpose through your pain to get you to the other side of it. God never wants to leave you behind in the pain. He wants to take you through it. I want to go back to where we started this message. And I need to thank Josh for coming in and sharing me, sharing with me this little revelation he had just yesterday. I thought, thanks, Josh. I'll use that. So Genesis 41 verse 52 says, Joseph named his second son Ephraim. For he said, God has made me fruitful in this land of my grief. Now we're going to go really, really deep. Are you ready? We're going to fast forward the life of um, Joseph and his sons. When Jacob, that's Joseph's father, let's not get confused. When Jacob was old, and he went to bless Joseph's sons. It was a big thing in that, in that culture in those days. When, when you had a father, you wanted the father's blessing. So Joseph goes, I want my sons to be blessed before my father dies. So he brings them to, the, to his father, Jacob. And Jacob can hardly see. And he stands his sons in front of him, the older one on his right side. So he puts his right hand on him. And the younger one on the left side so he, would, so he wouldn't mix them up. And it says this. He, he went to... Uh, his sons to get blessed and it says that Jacob crossed his arms over and put his right hand on Ephraim the younger son and the older son should have got the blessing his name was Manasseh which means means cause me to forget my pain but Jacob crossed his hands over and put his right hand on the younger son whose name was Ephraim which means blessing fruitfulness in the land of my grieving so Jacob crossed his arms to bless Ephraim because he was choosing fruitfulness over forgetfulness 
So you might be thinking, well, I just wish I could forget the pain. I just wish I could forget the past. You know what? You're not going to be able to deal with those things, but you need to have fruitfulness in the front. Jacob crossed his arms to bless Ephraim because he was choosing fruitfulness over forgetfulness. Perhaps you're at a point of grief, a loss, and you haven't been able to come to terms with. Or you want to help someone through the grieving process. Then perhaps you need to let Jesus cross arms over your life to replace what you've been putting first and let fruitfulness take the place of grief. I know that could be pretty deep and pretty confusing there, but you know, just imagine Jesus crossing. There's an interesting little scenario there, crossing his arms where you're thinking, well, I've put something else first, but Jesus is saying, no, I'm going to put fruitfulness first in your life. There's a, there's a great revelation there, Josh. God wants to put fruitfulness first in your life, not forgetfulness. Why don't we stand to our feet this morning? Perhaps if, Jimmy, you've got something to sing, I'll pull this out for you. Watch this. I'll try not to kick you. I believe that today, this morning, there are people who are carrying burdens that they don't need to carry. There are people who have got the the things that are in front shouldn't be in front in your life. And what God wants to do in your life today is He wants to cross over. He wants to put, He wants you to have in your life fruitfulness first and forgetfulness second. So you might not ever be able to forget those things, but you've got to be fruitful first. You've got to be fruitful in the call of God. You've got to be fruitful in, in your faith, fruitful in your ministry, fruitful in your family, in your relationships, and all those things. And when we have Manasseh first, and not Ephraim. We've got things crossed over the wrong way. But the great thing about God is He says, you know what? It doesn't matter which way you've had it, I'm going to cross it back. I'm going to cross it back and let the blessing flow. So I know this is very personal when we do these kind of things this morning. But you know what? I don't want you to feel embarrassed. I don't want you to feel like, what are people going to think about me or whatever? This is between you and God this morning. And as we sing, I'm going to invite you to come on down the front here. Just as a way of saying, I'm stepping past things in my life. I'm stepping past things that were maybe had me caught, things that were defining me. Have the boldness this morning. Leave it with Jesus. Let God do the cross over. Let the cross be your solution today to move beyond perhaps where you've been stuck. So, Jimmy, can you sing for us? And and I'll invite you to come. We'll just lay hands on you. No big prayers. You know, no, no big you know, counseling sessions down here at the front. Some of the ministry team will come with you and stand with you and believe with you and support you. But uh, why don't you come and step forward, step beyond those things.